Welcome to another episode of Good Morning Camera. I am one of your hosts, Gadget, and as always, joined by Anthony. Anthony, this is our 11th episode. We have cracked double digits with Good Morning Camera. How, how do you feel right now? How do you feel? This is, uh, it's been going great. You know, I'm, I'm loving the updates. I'm thankful that we get to keep people informed, but also give, give us, give everybody, you know, the goods, right? Yes. We got some goodies uh, in the creator draft pick today. This is going to be hype. I'm so excited to just get your reaction um, once you kind of go through what I will go through okay. uh, for the creator draft pick. Uh, but we got some big can- uh, big announcements uh, just in general, especially from Panasonic and Canon. So yes. give us yes. the lowdown. Let's, talk- let's, let's get into it because in this episode, we're going to be talking about some rumors coming out of the Panasonic space, but they've also released a new camera, and we're going to talk about that because we've got some hands-on time with that camera. But first, we're going to talk about some news coming from the Canon world because we alluded to it earlier on some rumors, but we have some official news regarding the new Canon EOS R3. If you've seen pictures of this camera, it looks like a mirrorless version of the 1DX Mark III, a little bit more sleek, nicer curves on this thing, a real modern design on that previous DSLR body. But Canon has gone ha- gone ahead and confirmed a few items. So with this camera, you're gonna see that same multi-controller smart controller on the back where it looks at your thumb and you can move it. Instead of like a joystick, there's a sensor there can see where your thumb is going and you can select mm-hmm. your autofocus points. There's a very angle touch screen so you can flip that LCD all the way around to see yourself. There's a new accessory hot shoe on the top that should provide a digital connection to accessories. There's five gigahertz Wi-Fi built in. It shoots up to 30 frames per second. That's what they've confirmed with autofocus and tracking and capturing raw images. You can focus in as low as minus seven EV. So in really, really, (laughs) I mean, maybe even candle lit environments, you should be able to still capture focus. It has what they're saying up to eight stops of coordinated image stabilization between the body and a supported lens. You can do mm-hmm. 4K video recording in Canon Log 3. The 4K will be oversampled, so you should be able to get much sharper, crisper video. You also will have the ability, and this is a big one, for internal raw recording. That's, that's pretty big. Now, mm-hmm. on top of all this, they gave a few more nuggets of information. They had developed their eye, face, and head tracking. And if you've seen some of the videos I've done, I love that because it means that if a subject is turning around, walking away from you, or a sports subject, really, that person is still going to be in focus. And it worked incredibly well. Well, they're going to include the autofocus, not just for animals, but for cars and motorbikes. So I'm interested to see how that works. Um, And there's a few other smaller things around some speed light functionality and battery functionality. It will have weather sealing. It'll be a dual card slot with SD and CF Express. So a lot of information that has been confirmed, nothing regarding the the sensor size or anything regarding ISO performance. But just hearing that, where are you at with this camera? What do you think about this camera? And who Mm -hmm. do you think the target customer is going to be? Yeah, so I feel like this is probably going to be like a a budget kind of 1DX kind of camera because what they're saying is that it falls in line. Uh, It's kind of in between the R5 and the 1DX Mark III, right? So um, I'm glad they put that little nugget of information out. So that way we kind of know what to expect from this camera. Uh, And it's going to be, I think it's for somebody who is like a dual shooter, photo and video. Uh, 
uh, I think they're going to be really excited about this, but mainly photo is like your thing. You just need to, you know, the world is changing. And I think actually it is more important to be focusing on video right now than it is photo uh, and visual storytelling online, right? That's the thing. So I think this is going to be an interesting camera. And I love the fact that it's a 1DX body with a flip screen, uh, which is so funny. Like, because uh, I just think about like the Peter McKinnons who are going to be vlogging with this camera and I just kind of laughing. Uh, I'm really interested in trying out that eye autofocus kind of uh, mechanism that they have going on uh, because like it notices where your eye is looking and then focuses at that point, which is going to be kind of interesting. Uh, this is a feature that they've had on some of the older cameras and it didn't really, uh, it didn't really work well, uh, but I think it's going to be fun to kind of play around with and see how that actually works, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things that still have not been confirmed and we don't have anyone that actually uh, got to shoot with it and give us impressions. We had Gordon Lang go out and look at the camera, but no real hands-on. So I'm excited for mm -hmm. this and I'm hoping it's around the horizon. You know, when I look at a camera like this, I imagine that the sports photographer, the wildlife photographer, uh, the photojournalist that's going to be in very demanding situations, they're going to love a camera like this. Mm -hmm. It is a bit exactly. bigger on the bulkier side, so it'll probably cater toward people that kind of prefer that and, and like that sort of, um, yep. I guess, robustness to their camera body. But yeah. I got to say, for them to come out and say that there's going to be oversample 4K footage and internal raw recording, for those people that might need a B or a C cam, you know, this is something, and with the rumored price point being around, or say, I should say, under $7,000 US, you know, this puts it in line with something like a red Komodo, where, okay, maybe you have a really great A cam, but because of this camera's ability to have great autofocus, a bit more versatility, um, and compatible with the RF mount, and availability is also another thing to consider. This might mm -hmm. be a great solution for those that might be in the cinema world, let alone people that might be jumping up to this as an A-cam. And especially with that tilting L LCD, there's a lot of attention being paid to video. I think the biggest question for me will still and always come back to image quality. Because the R5, yeah. the images that came out of that were phenomenal. And I, I, I go <laughs> back every now and then and look at some images we shot and I'm like... Just jaw drop by the images. When it came to yeah. video, again, when it worked, it was fantastic. However, in fast moving environments, you'd get a little bit of that rolling shutter, a little bit of that jello effect. So again, I'd like to see how these features come together. One thing I'll give credit to Canon to is that they seem to learn pretty quickly from their stumblings and from their failings, right? So anytime yeah. they get uh, crap for... Um, whether it's the overheating, whether it's features missing or frame rate options, they seem to address it as quick as they can. <laughs> so I'm excited for this. I've used the 1DX Mark III extensively last year during a trip, and this seems like the mirrorless version of that. And I'd like to see what kind of innovations, how they actually work in the real world. But enough of that, Anthony. Anthony, I called you Anthony. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. This is what happens when I get too excited. All right. All right. Uh, we we enough of this Canon talk. We got to talk about Panasonic, and they're gonna they're gonna make an appearance twice in this episode because mm -hmm. first they announced their GH5 Mark II uh, last week, along with the developmental announcement of the GHX. Uh, sorry, GH6. Mm -hmm. I should say. Um, we got hands on with this, 
And in large part, it was a bit, you know, I look at this and it seems like almost a, a soft update to an already reliable, predictable camera. Mm -hmm. There's, it's no secret that GH5 was one of these video solution tools that many people have come to rely on, especially if you have a suite of micro four thirds lenses. And with this one, they bump it up so you can have 4K 60 recording in 10 bit. They've also given it the feature of live streaming directly from the camera. They've also included an anti-reflective coating on the sensor itself, better image stabilization, and a light version of V-Log. So all in all, I look at this camera and I'm thinking, you know what? It's just a soft update to something that, you know, is probably affordable for them to kind of produce and continue producing and make available for those that still have this camera as part of their production, right? Where it's, it's integrated into them producing content. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this camera? Uh, the way that they kind of laid this out is this is an upgrade so that they can lay down some firmware for the previous GH5. So they've kind of updated the the processor and like the the, the internal like chips, I guess, uh, and that's why they've kind of priced this at very similar to the original GH5, even like as it drops in value. Um, this camera is going to be priced pretty affordable and very similar to the previous GH5, uh, and that's. I'm glad they kind of said that because it's gonna. This is announcement is gonna confuse a lot of people. Uh, so, and I think there's an opportunity to be let down if this wasn't released like how they said. Uh, a lot of the features are somewhat similar, uh, but it is nice to get 4K 10 bit. Uh, previously, they were getting 8 bit in, in the GH5, so that is actually a, a noticeable upgrade. And it, they've actually upgraded the IBIS as well, which is kind of a surprise because Panasonic IBIS is. Is like ridiculous you could basically like handhold something and it feels like it's like locked off on a tripod it's absolutely ridiculous and i tried the s1h and that camera was wild in terms of ibis so uh, a little bit interesting that they released the gh5 mark ii and the gh6 i don't know what was your thoughts on on that kind of announcement where they put out both yeah that that is an interesting strategy because you risk undercutting <laughs> your own product that's going to become available. But again, I think yeah. that just goes to show that the GH5 Mark II is, is not the forefront for them. It, it's almost like you know having something available at a select price point that can fit mm -hmm. easily into someone that has a micro four thirds filmmaking sort of setup. And especially with the addition of live streaming, that's something that is like, here, you want something that's out of the box, can start working, start streaming and get you great content. Here you yeah. go. Um, I'll sort of end it on off on this because there's something much spicier I want to talk about, but I, having used the camera, it's hard for me to be impressed with the GH5 Mark II because of what Panasonic did with the S1H and the S5. Like they've done <laughs> remarkable, <laughs> insane, phenomenal, throw in any adjective, any synonym here, uh, things with their full frame L mount that the yeah. bar is so high. And, you know, there was some improvements to the autofocus, I noticed. However, I, I just, it's hard for me to be impressed currently with their micro four-thirds thir four lineup when they're doing such great things for the filmmaking and creator spaces um, with yeah. the full-frame LML products, right? When I tried the S1H, I was just like, good God, this thing is beautiful. the The footage was unbelievable. The downside, and I'm glad we kind of talking about Panasonic and Canon on the same kind of day, because uh, it, it's 
creators are going to choose whether or not they're okay with reliable autofocus and and they've still they've updated this the autofocus in some of the new cameras to this dfd kind of autofocus mechanism which is an upgrade over contrast detection but it's still not as smooth as something like dual pixel dual pixel is smooth and it like sticks with the subject as they kind of go throughout the frame right where dfd is still judging the contrast uh, based off of where it's like in focus and out of focus in those elements and it it looks for uh what it, in the real world it actually looks like it's like the background is almost wobbly and that's where people are going to get caught up on these cameras uh with the new dfd autofocus system they really have to almost stick with manual focus on these new panasonic cameras and that is might that might be a game changer. That might be just a no go for a lot of people, right? And it's unfortunate because the quality of image that you get from these cameras are beautiful, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's insane. I mean, if you are an independent filmmaker or aspiring filmmaker, um, you're looking at the S1H and really a lot of Panasonic's offering. You're not going to worry too much because most of the time you are having someone that's pulling focus, manual focusing yourself even sometimes. Or the autofocus mm -hmm. capabilities are more than enough for what you're doing. Um, it really comes back to sort of the, the bulk of that bell curve where it's the average creator where it might not appeal to them because of the unreliability there. But maybe there's something on the horizon, Anthony. Maybe there's something <laughs> coming out that I might really solve this. Because, I really hope they get it. I really hope hey, they get hey, it. Hey, hey, I just got to ask you, do you have your ticket for the rumor train? <laughs> Let's go. Okay, it's time to get on the rumor train, folks, because <laughs> we're reading this off of Mirrorless Rumors, uh, their website. They published this a few days ago that there is a Panasonic S1H Mark II on the horizon, and they got mm -hmm. some specs. And listen, <laughs> let's, 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 be let's be real here. These are just rumors, but we're going to comment on them and sort of give you our impressions on them because they're saying that it is a 34 megapixel full frame sensor, which will give you 8K internal recording, 14 plus stops of dynamic range. And even if you want to be a bit bullish, let's just say 12 usable stops, which is still <laughs> fantastic. Here's a kicker, a built-in electronic ND filter up to eight stops, six and a half stops of IBIS, the full V-Log included, and a, and a multitude of recording options. So you have 8K 24P 10-bit internal you have 6K 60P internal, 6K 24P at 422 <laughs> internal. Really, just all the frame rates and resolution options that you would need for filmmaking. Yeah, I, I'm reading this, and I'm 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 getting very very excited because I haven't invested in a cinema solution yet. Uh, last year, I really wanted to get that S1H, but had to hold off until we're closer to some you know the short films that we're working on. But I'm looking mm -hmm. at this. I'm looking at the timeline. Anthony, I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> should, should I temper my expectations? <laughs> what do you think? I I was so pumped when I got I got hands on with the S1H like that like I, I just can't understate how impressive the image quality is on the, that camera and when you look at the resolutions available for the S1H2 it's absolutely ridiculous anything over 1080p uh, you're in 400 megabits of resolution uh, and Gajin this is going to be an easy comparison for us because when we push our Fuji XT4s to the max we get 400 
uh, megabits per second. And it, that footage looks good, right? Uh, but this Panasonic S1H is that, and that is standard. Uh, and then when you push it up to 6K or 8K, the, uh, 14 stops of dynamic range is going to be, it's going to look ridiculous. Uh, and yeah, it's just a continuation of just excellent image quality. Uh, and then uh, throwing, uh, they're pushing the envelope with the electronic ND built in. Like that's what's really cool about Panasonic. They force a lot of features into their cameras that uh, start to move into something like the Sony's and the Canon's. Uh, and that is going to be just uh, something that that is just going to come in every camera. That's probably going to come uh, out in the higher end kind of cameras in the future. Right. So, so excited for this camera for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that Canon C70 is like leading the pack for me on available sort of entry cinema solutions, right? Entry filmmaking solutions. And mm -hmm. this, looking at this rumored, rumored spec sheet, um, this, this, I mean, for me personally, might put it, might put it neck and neck. It just comes back to execution, <laughs> right? With something like yeah. this, you just have the luxury of more resolution options, more frame rate options. And you take mm -hmm. the advantages that you would get from a cinema camera with the extended dynamic range and a built-in ND. I gotta say, you know, it might be a shame that if this camera comes out in the mainstream media, it might not get its credit because it'll sort of hinge on that autofocus. So mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just rooting for Panasonic at this point. I'm just <laughs> rooting that whatever update they bring to autofocus in this camera is really really good. Uh, just maybe a hair behind, you know, the the people that are leading the space, and they finally get their roses. Anthony, I just want Panasonic if, to get their roses. If if this was like a, in a cinema body, uh, then the conversation would be completely different. Uh, and think about like the red, the new red cameras that are coming out with like good, uh, like somewhat good autofocus, right? If this was a, if the Panasonic's released cameras that were in the cinema body kind of style, we would be having a different conversation. Nobody would care about autofocus and all that stuff, but. Mm. The, the the image quality can can compete with some of those really high end cinema cameras in a DSLR style body, so it's exciting. Anthony, Anthony that yeah. may be your best take in eleven episodes, my <laughs> friend. That that you are ab you are absolutely right because if this was yeah. in a in a cube form, if this looked like the red Komodo, exactly. It would not. It would not hinge on that. Auto Nobody focus. would care. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Nobody would care. But we got to move on to the next section, Gadget. I know oh, we're, we're pushing oh. tight on time, so I'm going to oh, force you. Let's Thank go you. create or draft pick because I got something juicy. Okay. okay. Let's, let's hear you, what you, you got. Know, you know what? Let, let's start with me because I'd rather go up. How about that? Okay. <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, I'll, I'll start it off. It. This one's a simple one. It's the Apple AirTags. And when these were announced, I got excited because it seemed like an inexpensive way to track your uh, necessary items, your keys, your wallets, and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I ended up buying eight of these things, <laughs> a little excessive. <laughs> so so my, my myself, my wife, we got them on our keys, wallet, that kind of stuff. But also for my luggage, for my bag, I just want to get these, throw them in there and not have to worry about it. The integration is fantastic. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this. But, you know, if you are going to shoots, if you are traveling eventually, if you are doing things, it's just the peace of mind of having this little 
you know, mini cookie sized product <laughs> that you can throw in your bag, tuck it away, keep it hidden if needed, or just have it there out overtly for the world to see. But you can track it, you can ping it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I have a trip planned and, and I'm excited that this is going to give me a little bit more peace of mind while I'm overseas being able to track and know where my items are. Anything I can do to mitigate risk, I'm all for it, as inexpensive as possible. And this just seems like an inexpensive way to to, to mitigate risk. That's it. Yeah. Anyways, enough of me. You've been teasing this one. What's your creative draft pick for this episode? So last night I got a text from an employee who works at the Burlington location, and he's like, man, have you seen Inside by Bo Burnham? And I I heard Bo Burnham immediately dropped everything, turned everything off. I was watching another movie at the time, and I was like, Bo Burnham Inside is on Netflix. And I was like, no way. I literally walked away from my uh, desk in in (laughs) excitement, but go on. So first of all, for people who don't know, uh, Bo Burnham is a ridiculous comedian. He's so funny and so creative. It's it's he's he's like a he intertwines like musical song and like showmanship with like just really good performance, like cinematography, lighting. This is a Netflix comedy. It's not necessarily something that you want to watch with the kids, although this one is actually a lot more tame than the previous uh, Bo Burnham comedy sketches. Uh, It's all about the pandemic uh, and it's actually shot on a Panasonic camera. I'm pretty sure it was the S1H because he kind of teased 8K in one of his songs and I assume that's probably what he was talking about. The lighting, the cinematography, it's unbelievable. I, I got chills right now because like it was so good. I'm going to watch this thing like over and over again for the next couple days because I know I'm, I probably missed something when I watched it for the first time last night. Uh, it's all about the pandemic, but you almost forget all about the songs because what I was watching it, I'm, I'm thinking about it was all shot in one room with one person and like the, the level of lighting and like the stories that he was telling unbelievable. And the audio quality was just top notch. Uh, it was just ridiculous. Uh, it's exactly what every creator is feeling right now. And if you're a creator out there, you have to watch inside by Bo Burnham. It's on Netflix. I guarantee you guys will love it. I Hey, moment of complete honesty here. <laughs> I was about to pick that, and I'm like, uh, you know what? I, I let me just go with something else. And I made, <laughs> I made, I think I made the right decision because you picked it. I watched it twice, Anthony, and it is phenomenal because you're right. It, it, yeah. You know, he he did stand up for a while. Just you know, a quick bio. He did stand up for a while. Uh, had a lot of struggles with it, mental health struggles with it, and ultimately. His last special was five years ago, and he went on and he directed a great movie called Eighth Grade as well, which you know people should mm-hmm. watch. I think um, he just turned thirty, you know, last year, and yeah. for him to come out and and really capture uh, the the arc of being a creator, doing <laughs> yeah. it, writing it by himself, shooting it, producing it, uh, the, the audio, the lighting, everything was done by himself in this one room at home. Yeah. It is phenomenal, and it is, there's so much great social commentary on this entire creator space. I, th- hey, that's the best pick I've ever heard. 
That's the best. Pick yeah, I've ever I, it's actually. I think it is one of my favorite creator draft picks that I've had so far. You gotta really watch this probably twice. And I love the fact that you see all the behind the scenes because you actually see him measure out like the distance between him and a camera. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about with Panasonic autofocus. I just thought it was so funny. Uh, and we see a bunch of like products that we sell in store. Uh, so it's just so funny. You think about creators talking about other creators and say how anybody can do that, but they didn't. And and that's exactly like this is what defines Bo Burnham. Anybody could have done what Bo Burnham did on this episode of Inside, but they didn't. Uh, and it, it just a whole other level of creativity. I'm so excited for people to check it out. Definitely, definitely. And I really believe that with what he did, I think it's going to inspire the YouTube space a little bit. I think that creators 100%. are going to see this and be like, you know what? I can definitely do a little bit more. I can definitely raise the bar a bit. Thank yeah. you for that. And that's it. That's the episode of Good Morning Camera. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow at Henry's Camera to stay up to date on all the new things that are happening, all the new episodes that are coming out. And be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a review so more people can find it. As always, my name's Gadget. His name's Anthony. And we'll see you next time. 